a Highline podcast. Hello, Kat. Hello, Stephen. <laughs> Hello, beloved listener. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. That might be the most awkward intro that we've had to date. Um, but I was just talking about decapitated people. Yeah. So trying to, you know. Transition. Transition. And Hard. I obviously failed horribly. But uh, I hope you're well tonight. How was the week? It was good. The week was... Uh, fine work week. Got stuff done. Weather's been beautiful. Long weekend ahead. Heck yeah. No complaints. Very good. Same here. Busy week, but it's almost over. <laughs> Enjoy a few days off. Celebrate the 4th of July. Yeah. If you're into that or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I like Independence Day. Yeah, you know, it's a little piece of fun, little piece of history. Yeah. I'm still um, patriotic, even though I'm by the day just totally disgusted the with day, the things I'm learning. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, a little cynical here and there. And that's not a that's not a uh, reference to like SCOTUS or anything like that. That's a reference to like For, yeah. the CIA. Act, <laughs> actually horrible things. <laughs> really horrible things, not just like being constitutional. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good. We're it's good. We're gonna have fun with friends and barbecue and float the river and dance and sounds like a good time i got a flag that my roommate attached to my truck because i probably wouldn't have done it it's a little flag it's a little flag but he did it and so i'll keep it it looks and, nice yeah i'm gonna copy you. i'm gonna get a flag get a little flag mm-hmm. totally yeah my my little idolatrous flag off the back of my truck <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> uh yeah, we've had good momentum going. This is episode 70. Episode 70, I know. Which is kind of wild. I know. Are we going to be able to hit 100 this year? Mm, Math. I don't think we'll quite hit it. I'd have to see when like our 50th episode was. Right. Four times 12. Is. Uh, but we're at, at month seven. Oh, right. <laughs> don't ask me to yeah, do math no. doesn't matter guys we'll get there when we get there and we'll figure out something fun for the 100th episode yeah I we'll guess. do something yeah. <laughs> maybe like a giveaway or something like one lucky winner will get a anarchist flag <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was our party we came up with last week it was the um oh what did i call it uh the I think you called it the the that, whiskey party. The but whiskey it, party, but it was anarcho. It was neo neo anarcho voluntary, voluntary liberalism. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, maybe we'll get a shirt that says like, "What would that be like?" Uh, it, the N A neo anarcho N A V L navel 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 I heart navel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for effect. That was beautiful. That was a nice <laughs> pop. All right. Since I've already said this an uncomfortable amount of times, um, Kat, what are we drinking tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I 
we're having the magic hobo monkey. It's not just that. It's the magic hobo monkey juju juicy IPA. Juju juicy IPA. <laughs> oh, my grandma's nickname used to be Juju. Juju? Gra- grandma like, Juju. Was she a Jules? Julia? Ju- yeah. yeah Ju- Juju. Grandma Julia. Oh, it's adorable. Yeah. Rest uh, in peace. Oh. Okay, let's transition yeah, that's to the transition. <laughs> yeah. Um, in honor of your grandmother, we're having a orange and tropical fruit infused beer. 8.2% alcohol by volume. Brewed and canned in Billings, Montana. Local beer. This is, uh, this is what uh, Metal Lark Brewing has to say about Magic Hobo Monkey Juju Juicy IPA. <laughs> um, I don't have a stutter, so you know. That's what it is. <laughs> it's what Juju it is. Juju Juicy. Uh, legend tells of a mystical transient who would gift the world's greatest IPA in exchange for one's immortal soul. A profound citrus blast followed by an otherworldly soft mouthfeel. Come grab a hold of the monkey that bit you with this juicy IPA. I swear everyone that brews beer does acid. <laughs> this one especially. What is a soft mouthfeel? Opposite of a hard mouthfeel? But I... <laughs> That's all right. Um, my only guess is like it's, it is pretty smooth. Like you don't have any... Yeah, it just you know feels how some like... IPAs have kind of like that tingly, like the citrus or the acid can be kind of tingly or... Or the yeah, bitterness, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot smoother. It is smooth. Maybe that. Maybe they're. Maybe there's just a better way to describe yeah, that. Yeah, that's all. Soft, smooth mouthfeel would be better than soft. Or just like a smooth, smooth finish or yeah. something. Anyways, okay, sorry. Get back at no, it. That's all right. That's, no, that's all there is to it. So. Okay. It does. It, I like it. It is. It's tasty. I like it a lot. It's got a nice mouthfeel for sure. And my um, mouth feels good. Yeah. <laughs> and the cover art is absurd. As it you is. would expect with this name. It's got like a little angry monkey. <laughs> little hobo angry monkey. But yeah, it's nice and cloudy. Very, it definitely is orangey and like apricotty and pineapple-y. Not in, a, in um, an obnoxious way. No, no, not at all. I was lamenting the other day. Maybe that was with you about how every IPA is like trying to be hazy and it's just not everyone nails it. Yeah, totally. I just had a beer the other night from Bar 3 Barbecue in oh. Belgrade, which I'd never been there. Is it good? Pretty good barbecue. Like, I enjoyed it thoroughly, and the beer was good. Oh, nice. I had a Nitro June Grass, I mean, sorry, um, a Nitro Lemongrass IPA. Oh. And it was super tasty. That sounds yummy, actually. So it was, it was technically a Nitro Lemongrass White IPA. And it was wow. really tasty. What is, I knew of nitro like in the cold brew coffee mm-hmm. world, but what is it in the beer world? So it's, it's how it's carbonated, right? And so okay. we're, we're, we're looping back to mouthfeel. Um, <laughs> if you want to say soft mouthfeel, nitro has a soft mouthfeel. Okay. So you know how um, a lot of times like really bubbly, say like water will be kind of like it'll tingle your nose and it's it's harsh. Yeah. Or like some beers are like really bubbly and you're like, whoa. Right. You want to burp. Nitro and O2 like make a really creamy, smooth carbonation. Right. That makes sense. And so you don't, it doesn't even really taste carbonated. Yeah. But like it froths up and is, is like milkshakey almost. It's weird. So it is soft mouth feel. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So. So is this nitro? This is not. Oh. This is just normal old CO2. 
CO2 softmouth. Little yeasty farts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like it. So I'll have to get some beer from that place uh, in a growler. And then also, I'm ranting at this point, but... Go on. I, the other night, had a blood orange hard kombucha from Trader Joe's. We're, we have Trader Joe's. No, the nearest one's like Spokane. Yeah, okay. But I was at someone's house and they had some. Oh, okay. And it was so good. Yeah? So I thought if I can get my hands on some, we could represent Bruise and Mother Yeast <gasps> yes. in one episode. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And... uh that's uh, that's the beer for tonight. It's delicious. I'm I'm pumped on it. Yeah, I like it a lot too. Good stuff. It's gonna be a weekend of drinking beer. Yeah, I'm. I took Tuesday off just so I can party all night Monday and pass out in, <laughs> in um the host's yard, pitch a tent. Just, that sounds fun. They, they're like, hey, everyone can stay in the yard. Like pitch a tent, stay. Whether I was drinking or not, I hate driving on the Fourth of July anyway. Yeah, I bet. I'm like, all right, hunker down. Yeah. It'll be great. So everyone out there, hope you all had a great 4th of July. This is probably not going to come out till after 4th of July. <laughs> and, unless I get really motivated tonight. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Fair enough. We but, just dropped a new episode. We can let we that. Did, we yeah. should let that breathe anyway. Sounds great. And that episode's, I hope, it, folks, if you haven't listened to it, yes. our final for now episode on Ukraine. Yes. It's good. It's quick. It's pretty quickly paced, but there's a lot of interesting kind of juicy info, and I liked it. I thought it was a good, yeah, good it was episode. fun. It was it was good, and like I said, there's plenty of rabbit trails to chase down. Yeah, um, after totally. you listen to it, so yeah, for tune sure. into that one. Tune into all of them because that was a great series. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna dive into some news and brews tonight, mm-hmm. and then uh, start some new some new goodies for a long format. Yeah. I don't know quite yet what we're going to scheme at the end of this episode. I'm sure we'll discuss it. So yes. Hey cat at the end of this episode, would you like to discuss yes, what we're talking about? I would. <laughs> and we can maybe at the end also update folks, remind folks about, we'll do it now. And at the end that we're, pro- we're not going to record next week. Yes. It is my birthday. Yes. Birthday. And I got a reservation at Blackbird. <gasps> I went I to Blackbird last week with my aunt because she was in town. Oh, nice. And my Great. parents. And it was amazing. Fantastic. So, do they still have the beautiful little white beans on the menu? Oh, my God. Yes, they do. Those are my fave. They were so good. Okay, great. So, we got those, of course. Um, the marinated olives are killer. Yummy. I was hoping, a uh, grant, what, the last time we went there was like, what, three years ago? Yeah, it was a long and time ago. And I was ago. like, maybe they'll have that delicious spring risotto. <laughs> they <laughs> oh, did yeah, not. that was good. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. So, we'll go there for my birthday, though, and it'll be fun. We'll awesome. have a full. That sounds amazing. We'll, like go all out that sounds so cool yeah so we won't be recording listeners yes but you're probably used to us being a little sporadic <laughs> so that's okay it's our lives get over it guys yeah <laughs> uh all right well i think we kind of both have maybe kind of sad and depressing news kind of yeah so what's the vibes here you want to start i can start yeah dive totally. in let's do this okay so, um, one of our first new news and brews um, was shortly after uh, Ghislaine Maxwell was charged with five counts. Um, mm-hmm. And so, 
I thought we should circle back because she was sentenced earlier this week. To recap on the charges, uh, one count was for enticing a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts, in which Miss Maxwell is accused of coercing one girl uh, to travel from Florida to New York between 1994 and 1997 to engage in sex acts with Mr. Epstein. For anyone who's not aware of who Ghislaine Maxwell is, yes. I realize she is the partner in crime and sort of madam manager of Richard Epstein. Yes. Who did not kill himself. Uh, one count of transporting a minor with the intent to engage in illegal sex acts. That girl apparently was brought from Florida to New York multiple times by Maxwell. Uh, one count of sex trafficking, sex trafficking a minor uh, with charges between 2001 and 2004. Mix, Maxwell had recruited, enticed, and transported a separate girl to engage in at least one commercial sex acts with Mr. Epstein. And then she was lastly charged with three counts of conspiracy, which are related to some of the other counts. Conspiracy basically to for the same things. Conspiracy to entrap young underage girls into traveling with them to commit sex acts with older men. So pretty gross stuff. She was just recently sentenced to 20 years in prison. She plans to appeal the sentence. Uh, the prosecutors had asked for at least 30 to 50 years to make her an example. Uh, and Maxwell's attorneys naturally begged for a more lenient sentence of four to five years um, oh my God. The judge landed on 20. Of course, you know, she could shave off some of that time. And like I said, she's going to try to appeal it. So we'll see how it all plays out. The U.S. Circuit judge who oversaw the hearing was Allison Nathan. And she said that Maxwell did not appear to express any remorse or accept responsibility. Quote, Maxwell directly and repeatedly and over the course of many years participated in a horrific scheme to entice, transport and traffic underage girls some as young as 14, for sexual abuse by and with Jeffrey Epstein. The damage done to these young girls was incalculable. So in addition to the prison term, she, uh, the judge also imposed $750,000 in fines on Miss Maxwell. And apparently there's a chance that Maxwell could get, for the two years that she's already been under police custody, those two years could get counted, counted towards the sentence. Um, and then, of course, she could shave off time with good behavior. In her closing remarks, Maxwell said, It is the greatest regret of my life that I ever met Jeffrey Epstein. I called him Richard Epstein earlier. Yes, it's Jeffrey yes, Epstein. Jeffrey, Jeffrey <laughs> Sorry, Epstein. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> called him manipulative, cunning, and controlling, and said that he should have been here instead of her. So that was kind of their defense the whole time. It was oh. like, We all know who should be here, not her. Both of them should be there. Both of them should be there, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to see what. Like, if that 20 years was an appropriate amount of time. And then R. Kelly got sentenced. Oh, you know, I didn't even, like, I saw that, but I didn't even look into it or follow it at all. And he got sentenced for 30 years. 30? Yeah. He got 30 years? He got 30 years. Really? Yes. Okay, so, well, there's a good comparison. <laughs> yes. I mean, different cases in, in that world, it's, you know, that's not apples to apples, but that seems... Like she should have gotten more compared yes, to that. I agree. Well, and we can, this will be linked in the show notes, but according to David J. Glassman, who's a former New Jersey prosecutor and Pennsylvania deputy attorney general, he claims that, and he, this wasn't him commenting on this trial. I just was trying to find like a reference point. And 
he specializes in human trafficking and he says that a person accused of sex trafficking will be charged with a felony and could get anywhere from 10 to 99 years in prison, pay restitution and fines of $10,000 or more, and be required to register as a sex offender. So that's a huge span, obviously. I don't think, it doesn't seem like the 20 years is totally, like, completely, fragrantly out of the ordinary, but... No. I guess the thing is, is the context, and I don't know, obviously I don't know what can be proved in the court of law and things like that Mm -hmm. she wasn't just some random trafficker right right right, that was like oh yeah i get paid well to do this yeah yeah she was running the largest sex trafficking ring that we know of right and the judge there were multiple statements in some of the reports that we'll link to where the judge acknowledged that she very likely was not just trafficking these girls but also but abusing them herself like she was involved in some of the sex acts exactly gross stuff so yeah she's a monster in something else we'll link to one of our favorite torna turn me on to him podcasters Mm -hmm. daryl cooper has a show called the modern maid podcast and he you probably know more about his background but he is just an incredibly well-read guy and this is kind of a side project of his but he basically completely pours himself into a subject and puts out these really thorough and detailed podcast series so it's not like he's producing content every week but you know every couple months you get like a three-part series that's fucking heavy yeah well it's i uh i don't cry that often daryl cooper has made me cry twice (laughs) he's and he's incredibly thoughtful like he's not he's incredibly it's he's great anyway i really respect him and his work so he put out a three-part series about epstein that I think will blow people's minds. And I've listened to <laughs> I've listened to his previous episodes on it, and I've listened to the unraveling about it, and then I need to listen to these new ones. Yeah. And I don't usually do this because I don't care, but in this case, actually, viewer discretion advised. Oh, straight up. Like it's yeah. Part part. <laughs> so I'll just say as my little viewer discretion warning, the first episode is. All of them are very informative. The second episode gets really, really graphic. And it's not just about the great part about Daryl's deep dives is like he spends and they're so long because he spends a lot of time providing context around an issue. Yes. So the second episode is a lot of context around basically intelligence services from around the world protecting, aiding and abetting this type of sex trafficking and child abuse. It's not uncommon. And that the stories that provide context to that are really fucking horrific. And I actually couldn't finish the second episode. But if you're going to listen to anything, the first and the third, the third especially, it's kind Mm -hmm. of like new info, but also a recap that's really useful. So anyway, we're going to link to that. I wanted to mention all of that because after if you were to just read, you know, the stories covering this case from the BBC or CNN you would think that Richard Epstein killed him. Jeffrey, killed him. Jeffrey Epstein. Jesus Christ, why do I want to call him Richard? That's weird. That what is, is weird. It, what is that about? Interesting. Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you'd think that he killed himself and mm. you would think that he was just some guy who just happened to make a ton of money and meet the right people and never really learned much about his background or how he made so much money or how he got so so close to such influential people. I will also link in this this episode, I don't remember who put it on. It might have been like a Gimlet or something, but there is like a six-part series called The Incredible Mr. Epstein. Ah. 
that adds all of the context of like his education and how he got the power and where he met everyone. Yeah. And yeah. This matters and you should spend the time. And the six part series and, and the content provided by Daryl Cooper is probably a close to 40 hours worth of listening. That's a small price to pay to get context and understanding something so important. Yeah, because it's not just a case of some monster guy and his like pimp female, you know, madam who exploited a handful of young women decades ago and now he's dead and she's in jail. So case closed, it's all taken care of. There are a million loose ends and... The 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 crux of the entire thing has has not been uncovered and I think is probably still I mean, it is still at play. Right. So, yes, all of that is to say it's pretty fucking clear when you dig into this stuff that Jeffrey, not Richard, yes. Jeffrey Epstein yes. was an intelligence asset for either the CIA, Israeli Mossad, which is their equivalent mm-hmm. or both. Yes. Likely both. Especially with his dealings with weapon dealers and. Yeah. That whole crazy story. Yeah, guys. Well, and the people who yeah. like were his patrons in the beginning yes. were connected to Mossad. And yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's too much to like, we're not going to do a six part well, thing right no, now. No, but, not, not right now, but, but I would I've, love to do. Yeah. I've got some highlights from Daryl Cooper that that kind of make that make this point that I think um, if you're curious, go listen to the episode and start doing some digging. So some of the examples that point to him being an intelligence asset that Daryl Cooper highlighted, Maxwell is the favorite daughter or was of Robert Maxwell. That was her father. He was a media tycoon and also was a Mossad asset. He mysteriously jumped off of his yacht mm-hmm. after it became clear that he had been laundering money through his company and the whole thing was about to blow up and he basically challenged the Israeli government and they won. So <laughs> there's that. Um Epstein's initial patron was a man named Lex Wexner, who's still alive. He's a billionaire business tycoon. He founded the Limited brand, which includes like brands like Gap and Abercrombie and Fitch. Yep. Um, he also founded Bath and Body Works. Uh, Victoria's Secret is included in that as well, right? Because that I was one of the di- issues. There was with... another guy. Oh, later on. They were all linked, but there gotcha. was another guy who was a alleged to be a like a talent scout for Victoria's Secret. I mean, he was, but he also it was, was like a groomer. Probably. Groomer. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> he was bringing in young girls for Epstein and yeah. stuff. So. And Lex Wexner was, there's some evidence suggesting that he has ties to Israeli intelligence. Whoa. <laughs> Things are falling around in the Jeffrey's ghost is in here. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know if our view- listeners could hear that, but shit is falling yeah. off the wall. Uh, a box of climbing gear just fell off my bed. Oops. <laughs> Anyways, so Lex Wexner had ties, it appears, to to Israeli intelligence through something called the Mega Group and then a couple other Zionist causes. Uh, Wexner made Epstein power o- of attorney over his massive estate. And there's like a ton of, there's reporting on this. There's quotes of people who worked for Lex Wexner who were like, who the fuck is this guy? And why does he have power of attorney over your estate? Like his own family was mm-hmm. concerned about it. Like 
strange stuff, but that gave him, that is where he, uh, Epstein started making his big money. Right. There are people on record who say that back in the 90s when they knew Epstein, he would, like, when he was drunk, would brag about being and like having relationships with intelligence agencies. Uh, when he was arrested, there was a fake Austrian passport found in his safe, along with a bunch of disgusting nude photos of young girls. But the fake Austrian passport found was had his photo. There was a different name and it claimed he was a Saudi citizen. That's strange. Yeah, that's weird. The f- this is the one that's like, I don't know how this is it. This is case closed to me. But again, th- and this is like a sampling of the things that you can learn in those episodes. But anyway, uh, the federal prosecutor, Alexander Acosta, who oversaw Epstein's initial 2008 trial that put him in jail for 18 months, of which he only served 13 months. And he also had, I think it was, I forget the exact number, but it was like, at least eight hours a day, five days a week of like work. Yeah, he relief. would literally, they would literally just let him out of jail with no police presence. Yeah. And he would just like to work walk and walk out of jail, go home. Allegedly continue. to work. And yeah. he was, you know, allegedly like, uh, you know, a wealth manager, but he had no clients mm-hmm. other than this Lex Wexner. And he also, like, had no experience doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, so that federal prosecutor cut him a deal guaranteeing, and this is all well documented, you can look it up, guaranteeing that there would be no federal prosecution. So he was prosecuting the state of Florida, but this judge said there would be no federal prosecution of his crimes and that the people involved with those crimes, even people who were not yet known but would be discovered later, had immunity and would not be prosecuted. That's a pretty broad, I mean, that is, that's a huge gift that they gave to him, right? And that prosecutor, Alexander Acosta, is on record saying that he was told by his superiors that Epstein belonged to intelligence. Yes. And that is why he gave him such an absurdly lenient sentencing for having sex with, I think it was a 14-year-old girl? Yes. That was one of the... uh, And that was just the one he got caught with, right? I mean, obviously, there's like probably... I don't even know. Hundreds, maybe. It's pretty gross. And then one last thing that is a weird, another weird coincidence to intelligence services. Uh, Epstein got his first job at an elite high school teaching math. Yes. He had no degree and no teaching experience. The person, the headmaster of that school was a former OSS agent. OSS is what was the predecessor to the CIA. That guy's name was Donald Barr. Yep. He's the father of Bill Barr. The former attorney general under President Trump, who was in authority and power when Epstein did not kill himself in right. jail. Yes. Yep. So what a fun, cute world we live in. It's so spontaneous pretty... and and spunky. <laughs> Look at yeah. all these weird coincidences. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So to me, uh. it's pretty clear that he was absolutely an intelligence asset. And when you accept that, then all of the abuse and shit is honestly, it's probably a minor part of the bigger story. Yes. Sadly. And that means that there is frustratingly so much more to this that is probably way more hellacious. Yeah. You know, in 70 years we'll find out or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Again, I mean, this is kind of just a talking point, but like we don't know anyone that was doing business with them. Little black book, 
That's oh, yeah. a, that's a ledger of all the names of clients. Right. For some reason, we can't know that. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, he clearly had, you know, he clearly obviously was using sort of the, the sexual abuse and exploitation as a way to blackmail powerful people for both money and to curry favor. But I, but I think if, you know, being an intelligence asset means that there's a whole other layer to this where those services are willing to let him do this thing or they're helping fund him to do this thing yes. because they're trying to entrap or get dirt or do whatever they're trying to do, play their chess game with these powerful people who are coming in and out of Epstein's life. Right. But the weird thing is the connection of people with Epstein is is odd, especially with, you know, him probably being an asset of some sort of, well, he had connections with former presidents and connections with tech uh, giants mm -hmm. and it's like, okay. Actors. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, all the, the powerful people in the world came through that spot. And so, yeah, so that's really gross. Uh, it's super frustrating because we probably, like you just said, won't know. I... Oh, I don't want to say we'll never know because I because I could see us, you know, with the way the beautiful Internet of today and how, you know, knowledge you is. You can only hope that someone somewhere that has a semblance of access to this kind of stuff will have the honor and courage to, to yeah. leak something. Well, you know. There are people like Daryl Cooper who are doing the, the hard, dirty work of digging yes, all this shit up. Exactly. And. And and as soon as you and I'm like a skeptical person, right? So like I would hear him say something that sounds outrageous and I would Google it and I'd start digging and I'd be like, oh, shit, that's like, not oh, outrageous. This is not outrageous. Yeah. I mean, it's outrageous, but it's not yeah. false. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know. So I encourage people to do that. I encourage people to listen to his stuff. I'm I'm like I said, I'm pretty skeptical, but I I actually really respect his work and uh, he's done a lot of the grunt work pulling some of this stuff together. And yeah, hopefully one day. Someone who has some of the, the answers to the outstanding questions will come forth. But, I mean, we saw how, you know, Maxwell Sr. and Epstein himself and others have, you know, they meet their fate when they try to come out with the truth. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe our grandchildren will listen to this and be like, well, we have the answers now. Yes, well, hopefully so. <laughs> anyway, so that's my sad my sad news tonight. Well, it's a good update. I'm sure more stuff will will come from that. I this evening have some goodies to talk about. Not a ton of of stuff. It's going to tie a little bit into Russia potentially and and just geopolitics in general, but I wanted to just discuss a little bit about some of the terrorist activity across the globe right now. So it's more than one story. I'm going to have a couple stories to share just to kind of get a, a bigger context of, of what's going on and um, tie that into the current conflict in Ukraine, uh, as well as border crisis in the United States, and just kind of put some perspective into that and hopefully draw some attention to bigger issues that maybe are being ignored because of other stupid things going on right now that people are a little too hyper-focused on. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be back to our conversation. If you like what you're hearing, help spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and one or two sentence review on your favorite streaming platform. 
Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. Thanks to the Highline Media Network for having us as a founding podcast. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, Keller's Couch. <laughs> I like this discussion with someone. If you're to take like a human's whatever cell, yeah. grow it, and you were to eat it, <laughs> make you a cannibal. <laughs> and I was like, huh, never really thought of that before. <laughs> Aren't there diseases you can get from eating people? The brain. Yeah. Okay. I think if it's just like some some of that fine, delicious thigh meat, yeah, it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah. Nothing like a good calf, you know? You know, there'd be a whole market for like famous actors who could sell donor cells and you could like Ooh. eat George Clooney. Yeah. Oh my God. Jeff a party. That is a horrifying <laughs> concept <laughs> and I kind of love it. <laughs> and now? Back to our conversation. As of like the last month, uh, most of these stories are actually from like the last week. There's been a lot of terrorist activity across the globe within the United States, all the way in the Middle East, Africa and Europe. Um, So let's dive a little bit into some of these. I want to share this one just briefly because (sighs) Codeco um, who we've talked about in the past uh, with the machete massacre that happened a couple months ago is under question again because there's some trials going on with the UN about some horrible atrocities that occurred um, with Kodeko. And and where are they again? Uh, they are in the Congo. Okay, right. Um, so I'm just going to touch base on this because it's really important. I would li- They're definitely a terrorist organization of sorts, but they're not linked to other organizations that I'm going to refer to, ISIS and Al-Qaeda and things like that. Mm -hmm. But this is just important because they're just a horrific group of people. Currently, there is a trial going on and a witness of a woman that escaped Kodeko capture that was forced to cook and feed prisoners human flesh. Oh, God. So that kind of stuff is happening. They also, Kodeko just recently attacked another village and killed 13 people and injured a bunch of other people. So just keep that in your mind. These things are happening all across Africa right now. We tend to kind of not focus on Africa. A lot of horrible things happening there. So just check in every now and again on the bigger geopolitical picture. The U.S. and Europe isn't all that exists. Right. Um, so that's very, very horrific. And um, yeah, I, I just reading this kind of stuff is is crazy. From a story here, it's from Real News, No Bullshit, which I love them. They're great. Yeah, um, their name sounds absurd, and I'm like always, every time I see their stuff, I like go and look it up to see if they're yeah. not, if they're full of bullshit. <laughs> and honestly, they're usually, it, they're not full of bullshit, and yeah. they actually are pretty timely. They're usually ahead of the curve yes, by like a small couple hours. independence. They've got good connections, yeah. and they don't go into a lot of detail. I pay for their news so I can have access to all of their new stories. Um, And it's just, it's, I mean, literally like most stories in quote are like five sentences. And it's just like, they're, they're getting out They're Basically. I think their angle is we get out headlines before everyone else. Yes. Look, this is going on. Here's like pictures. Here's a connection. Here's like the proof. This is happening. And they deal a lot with international stuff, a lot of war conflict. And, 
being so short, they're not spinning stuff. They're not trying to. Yeah, you know, there's no real opinion. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah, like, look, right. this is what's going on, and it's crazy. So, anyway, the United Nations Security Council is is going under review for uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And this lady said she was forced to cook and also eat human flesh. She was kidnapped by the Kodeko when she went to them to pay a ransom for one of her family members that were abducted. She said that when she went there, she was immediately kidnapped and imprisoned. She was then forced to cook body parts of um, prisoners that they had killed. She said, quote, they pulled out their entrails and they asked me to cook them. They brought me water containers to prepare the rest of the meal. And then they fed all of the prisoners human flesh. Jesus. And Kodeko just is like a, it's insane. It's like a weird cult. Like I've been reading about it. Like they're super into like mysticism and um, it's wild. So like this is all part of. Yeah. Hell does exist. Yes. Hell exists for sure. But moving on from that, because this is a little, I mean, this is, this is in the Congo and we're going to talk a little bit about Africa, but moving on to like other terrorist organizations and activity around the world. Uh, ISIS just recently attacked in Syria, a bus that had 15 pro-government fighters on it. ISIS news channels have reported on it. They've claimed that they did it for sure. Um, so ISIS has officially claimed responsibility for the attack. They've got some crazy pictures. They burnt the bus to the ground. It's all shot up. Um, for anyone that cares to, there's lots of, of pictures from ISIS. Pretty gross, though. Moving on from that, Border Patrol just recently announced 15 individuals on a terror watch list. Well, they're apprehending 15 individuals on the southern border that are on a terrorist watch list, which is linked to the thwarted plan to assassinate George Bush about a month ago. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, so wait, wasn't that information about, wasn't that a, a, I thought that was information released about a plan, a plot to, uh, assassinate him Bush years ago though, not recently, or am I mistaken? Uh, I believe this is, this is maybe this is different. This is recent. Okay. There is a person that like a month ago was captured and he said that his plan was to smuggle people in through the Southern border to aid in his plans to do so. To kill George Bush. Yes, exactly. Because he was mad about I don't know the, the invasion of Iraq. I'm pretty sure. Maybe so. But he came here under the guise of wanting American citizenship sure. and asylum. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, as far as this 15 individuals on the terror watch list, here's just a little quote from, from this article. Uh, according to the Department of Homeland Security, Border Patrol agents apprehended 15 individuals in May who were on the FBI's terror watch list. Um, This brings this year's total to 50 individuals. So 50 individuals crossing the southern border. That they caught. That they caught or are apprehending are on the terrorist watch list. Um, While the Department of Homeland Security does not release information on these details, a credible and trusted source has informed us that two individuals were handed over to the FBI on May 13th who were from Yemen. So it is not... South American terrorists that are coming across the south. Oh, there's people from all across the world. All across the world that are coming across the southern border. And this adds context to the bigger argument. There are people from the Congo coming across the southern border. There are, yes. And so, like, the whole, like, 
people that don't think that there is some sort of crisis happening at the southern border, I don't understand it and I can't no. fathom it. I'm pro-immigration completely and yes. I think we need to make it easier for people to come here and work and yes. leave if they so choose. But we have to have control over who comes yeah. in and out. To right. your point. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Clearly, it's, having it's, it be porous is a problem. Yes, exactly. Because terrorists can get through. Can I just make one comment real quick? Oh, yeah, totally. The guy, the man who, I haven't eaten enough today, and yeah. this beer is really <laughs> strong, <laughs> um, but the 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 man who was allegedly plotting to kill George Bush, because mm-hmm. that was just this last month or so, right? Yes. That that came out. So, as he's getting apprehended and his whole plot is being thwarted, George Bush is, Bush, excuse me, is giving a speech where he has a Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah. And acknowledges that invading Iraq was a completely unjust and unlawful thing to do. Yes. And then he fucking snickers and laughs about it. Right, exactly. Insult to injury. Yes, it's, it's wild. I don't advocate assassinating anybody, but that... I, no. I can understand that man's frustrations yes. and that must have really sucked when he saw that viral meme. I'm assuming he saw it. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, so <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> I'm going to diverge slightly. The, the, the man that it was, was planning this whole thing yeah. came to the United States uh, September 2020 on a visitor visa. And then in March of 2021, he applied for asylum with the intent on seeking United citizenship. FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force arrested the 52-year-old Ahmed oh. Shahab earlier this morning in Columbus, and this was a story from about a month ago. Mm. So they captured him about a month ago. Uh, Justice Department alleges that Shahab planned to smuggle four Iraqi foreign nationals in the United States for the purpose of killing former President George W. Bush in retaliation for Iraqi deaths during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Um, Fuck. Yeah, exactly. So that that's the context there. Going back a little bit, talking about these 15 individuals being apprehended uh former cbp commissioner mark morgan commented on the latest apprehension saying in quote i'm concerned that the next terrorist attacker is already in the united states because of our open border policies there is a legitimate national security vulnerability on our southern border and like you said there are people from hundreds of countries yeah making it to south america and moving upward, or Central America, or Mexico, and then making their way to the southern border yeah. in an attempt to enter the United States. The John Bachelor, sh- excuse me, the John mm-hmm. Bachelor show is, um, he hasn't done one of these updates in quite a while, which actually is a little worrying, but he used to interview regularly a freelance journalist named Michael Yan, mm-hmm. who was ex-U.S. military, and he is just someone who has lived all around the world and has connections all around the world. And he for a, was like down in, in, uh, what do they call it? The triangle. Bermuda triangle. No, <laughs> no. God damn it. Now I sound like an idiot. Cause I'm a little drunky. Um, no, but he was down in sort of that in central America in that, that, that kind of that junction where you emerge from it's it's a part of the route where oh, that people gotcha. are taking from from Latin America through Central America into Mexico. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a key junction where uh, the train gets really rough 
and there are cartels and it's pretty brutal. Um, anyway, Michael Yon was reporting from there and he, I'm pretty sure, I mean, it sounds stupid, but I'm pretty sure he's on Facebook and you could like find him on Facebook <laughs> yeah. and get his reporting that way. But he, uh, is kind of a he's been he's been sort of a treasure trove of information about what's happening at the southern border Mm -hmm. um and that might be a good place to to look yeah i would i'd be interested in having that information as well just to keep up with it in general yeah yeah but yeah so that that's happening here in the united states um now if we go back to the middle east northern triangle i think they call it northern (laughs) triangle oh my god we'll ride with it that sounds great holy moly (laughs) um but just as of today There are reports that um, from the Taliban officials that they have killed two ISIS gunmen. And right now, there's this has not been confirmed as of July 1st. This just happened today that these two gunmen killed the Taliban chief justice, Abdul Hakim, who Whoa. was having a meeting at the time. So just so you guys know, ISIS is currently fighting Taliban. In the oh, they have been. Yeah, I know they have been, but yeah. I don't think people realize this. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, they're, they're fighting each other. Yeah, um, big time. ISIS has killed more than 500 Taliban in the last six months. Wow, that's actually... a fair amount of conflict. Yeah, totally. And as we can see, like, ISIS is currently, you know, know, a few days ago, they attacked this bus in Syria. Yeah. And these are the stories that I have just right now. This ties into this context. Terrorism is obviously always happening. But it is it is active. Africa is a hotbed for terrorism, as we've known for a long time. Groups like ISIS are infiltrating and and finding ways of radicalizing people in Africa as well as other, you know, non-affiliated terrorist groups. There's a worry from Spain, you know, just recently Spain, there's some viral videos going around of like abuse of of migrants um where like Spanish border patrol are like beating people that rush the border. I don't know the context. I'm not outraged by it because I don't know, I don't know the context as in nobody knows the context. But there is Terrorist organizations trying to get into Europe. Spain is a weak point. Um, so this is happening. Spain is asking NATO to assist. As Africa is being destabilized, Spain, just as of today or yesterday, made reports that Russian military is is becoming more active in northern Africa, uh, which is a worry, obviously, for European safety. You know, the thought that they would somehow invade Spain is insane, but, you know, they're opportunists like everyone is. So Africa's destabilized. Russia's been involved in Africa for a long time. They can find means of, you know, maybe natural resources or something like that. China has an interest in Africa. So all of this destabilization. All their Belt and Road has been going through Exactly. Africa. So yeah. all of this conflict, all of this destabilizing war just allows people or bad actors to to infiltrate and, and get their ends with, with that. I mean, in... In the Middle East, like with Syria, ISIS is active. Syria just announced that they support completely the sovereign states in Ukraine. So, like, who has said Sy- that? Syria today? Okay, was like, hey, Bashar we, al-Assad has yes, said, I we support. acknowledge the two. Okay, annexed, well, that makes sense. Yes, exactly. So now Syria, I mean, Syria has had a connection with Russia, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, I was, but th- they're making this publicly. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so all of this stuff, as we're focused on. What's going on in the United States and what's going on in Ukraine? This this whole massive part of the world is ripe for breeding more conflict. 
Right. Well, and as as food security uh, deteriorates, that will breed more opportunity for political instability and violence. And you (laughs) this is my inner cynic. You can there is uh, there will be plenty of humanitarian aid given to these countries that are going to really struggle. But a good way to control and get what you want is uh, when people are hungry. Yeah. So I definitely will see there will, I'm sure, be some unfortunate political playing. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, you're a resource rich country and you're going through a horrible famine. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I'm sure Russia and China in particular Mm -hmm. are. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We the way the Western media talks about the conflict in Ukraine and all of the ancillary sort of geopolitical angles to it. It's through this very, like, obviously Western perspective. Mm -hmm. Where, to your point, Russia and China. Yeah. In many ways are are benefiting from this. Yeah. Oh, right. For sure. And like to your point, even that where it's like, OK, yes, it's created all this instability. Well, now they're the people that can step in mm-hmm. and use, you know, their resources as leverage to get more, you know, migrant laborers, get more critical minerals, get yes. more, you know, name it. Right. And as we've talked about in the previous Ukrainian episodes, a lot of these countries are not allies to the west no and i think what you've just outlined is it illustrates a really important point that our very western centric sort of perspective misses often and that is that there when you actually look at the number of countries that are sort of like gung-ho at the un we've signed on for this like we're down with america and europe Mm -hmm going all in to defeat Russia, whatever that means. It's a minority of countries around the world. It is. Right. And there are other countries that are undeveloped and nobody cares about. And then there are countries that are sort of somewhere in between that people do care about that are aligning with Russia and China and not necessarily because of their values. They could be aligning with the U S but strategically. Yes. They need to align with Russia and China and we aren't playing four-dimensional chess here. We really aren't. We're playing, we're, we're using, I fear that we are using real global conflicts that have very, very real consequences on real human beings. We are using them for our, our own sort of cheap, partisan, national political gains. Yes. And that is going to bite us in the ass big time. Because there probably is going to be a war with China, which will turn into a world war. And if we have not, if we've made more enemies than we've made friends. Yes. Because we put our head in the sands and we're more concerned about, you know, owning the libs or defeating the Trumpsters at home instead of being like practical about these sort of broader scale issues. We'll regret that. I think so. and. This is a whole other topic, but like the UN kind of sucks. Like the well, yeah, the, U, the, <laughs> the US props up the entirety of the UN. Mm-hmm. They are 
literally useless. And NATO. Yeah. Yeah, NATO and well, NATO in particular as a, as a military force without the United States is like worthless. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and that is when I get frustrated because you see all these like conspiracy theories online where it's like they said the phrase new world order. So that must mean that they're like ushering in some like, you know, <laughs> right, and you're like, yeah. no, 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 no. They're literally talking about how there was a particular order amongst the world after World War Two that we led. Yes. And that is changing. And that is changing. I think despite our efforts right now yes and yeah well we'll probably fight another war to get it back is <laughs> what will likely happen <laughs> yes, yes yeah yeah one thing just to note that we shared on whiskey benches instagram story regarding afghanistan we are sending 55 million dollars in aid which compared to national spending is nothing right. but it's i mean still yeah, a lot of money we inadvertently gave them a lot more than that well sure we did yeah Yeah, yeah. that's true which i Um, i I meant to bring this up because this is important as well yeah yeah (laughs) we might be sending aid to afghanistan but it's just gonna go straight into the taliban's hands well exactly yes that was my point yeah like that's you know and that's an unfortunate reality and what do you do you know there was a horrific earthquake there a thousand people died yeah you know there's already a famine yes their entire like economic and political system was completely collapsed and it's a fucking nightmare state you know so of course there's one half of me that's like well yes we have resources we should help but the reality is there's no getting around the fact that if we give money to them, we are giving money to the Taliban, which is the terrorist organization that we started a fucking multi-year war with. Yes. You know, like, so it's just. Right. It, is this, this going to repeat? Or are we going to go back to Afghanistan? <laughs> it's like, good Lord. We probably will. Yeah, probably. We probably will at some point. Yeah. So. Somehow we laughed throughout this episode. I, know. I don't know how the we did is, that. Uh, this is, this is like where it just comes into the fact that. You have to laugh or you'll cry. Yeah, totally. It's like, it's so horrific and it's so inconceivably stupid that it's funny. It's like this sick, dark humor. I wish we had, I don't know. I wish we had a leader who was coherent and aware and... Oh, yeah. And and this I mean, isn't Biden, just a Biden criticism. Biden literally is worthless. He is. And it's not, and, and you know, that's a ch- cheap shot on my part, but yeah. it's also just... It's both sides. Like, I want to better articulate what I was saying before about being so how we're so consumed with our like domestic politics. Like, and I don't just mean in our media. I mean, it seems like our foreign policy decisions are based on how this will help the party, whatever it is, Republicans or Democrats, get elected in 22 and 24. That's what it feels like. Every active or every action, every plan, every strategy seems to only project two years right right and not and not and not take into account or communicate to the public the hard realities that we should be basing our decisions on Mm -hmm. everything is this just kind of like dumbed down twisted version to fit the prevailing narrative of whatever political party of the day to their frankly kind of stupid American audience. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean to say Americans are stupid. Fourth of July, God bless America. But 
you know, I mean, we've become so tribal and it's like and we just we want it. We It's the clickbait. And like we and, and we demand that to some degree. So like we're fueling it, honestly, by like, oh, yeah, buying into it. We are fueling that system. But it's really scary to see. And and maybe I'm being naive and maybe it's always been this way, but it, it feels like uh, it feels like a stark difference from pa- the past where we are now in this really, really shallow state where decisions are literally just about like, what is the next headline going to look like? That's how I'm, that's what I'm going to base my foreign policy with Russia on mm-hmm. rather than let's take this bigger global perspective and like make sure that th- they and Russia don't completely, you know, scoop up all these ancillary countries and create an alliance that, I don't know, not, I don't want to say we can't beat, but is a challenge. Yeah, the the problem with that is not that we can't beat them. It just ends up being, yeah, carnage on a scale that right is horrific. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it does feel uh like we're kind of, you know, when you're like running really hard downhill and you start mm-hmm. to lose control, and your like arms kind of start right, flopping right. around, and like you're like, oh shit, like I don't know if I can stop. I'm gonna crash. I kind of feel like we're doing that right now as a nation. And like we're kind of just heading towards something that's gonna like, and even just culturally, it feels like we're like we're do a lesson, we're do like a big hard fucking slap in the face, you know? Oh, for sure. Like we're so privileged and obnoxious and focus on dumb things and angry and mean to each other, and it just feels like we're gonna have a reality check soon. So. Yeah, I don't disagree. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> happy Fourth of July. Well, happy Fourth of July. <laughs> Guys, you know what? <laughs> this episode is uh, not actually, but sponsored by Hobo Monkey Juju Juicy <laughs> IPA because this thing will bring out opinions. <laughs> I know. What is going on? I don't know, man. This is like a truth serum. Hobo Monkey <laughs> got me talking. I like this. We need to drink more when we record. We should drink more. Because I haven't eaten either and I'm feeling a little buzz. <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We should. Okay. We'll do a drunk recording soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be so fun. (laughs) I already have to like cut out a few things that you said. Oh, no. Oh, God. All right, guys. I'm I'm Mr. Producer. I edit it. Yeah, Mr. Producer. You don't don't hear the slips. Oh, Lord of mercy. (laughs) Oh, God. It's okay. okay. It's okay. That was fun, even though the news is horrific. Um, Like I said, laugh or you'll cry. Yeah. Don't be so mean, everyone. Yeah. Take a chill pill. Okay, I have something optimistic. Yeah. You can cut this if it's not appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a thought that, okay, as you were describing all these horrific acts happening all around the world. Yeah. We, it's it's a good reminder that we need to preserve our fundamental institutions in the United States because those are the things that differentiate us from the chaos around the world that's something that i definitely agree on yes yes and america is a beautiful experiment it's flawed deeply but we have to cherish yeah that it is unique yeah we don't have have, preserve those institutions we don't have roving militant groups forcing prisoners to eat human flesh right right we don't we don't. And that is happening around the world. And like yeah. libtards and 
Trumpsters are obnoxious, but we can live with them. Right. So God bless America. God bless America. Yeah. Grant, grab hands on your right with the libtards. Grab hands on the left with the Trumpists. Yes. Sing Kumbaya. Totally. Yeah, try to just, you know, this will come out after the fourth. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> try to just, I don't know, treat people as human beings. They're not as bad as you think. Right. You don't have to like them, but. <laughs> no, no, but you can tolerate them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one's making you eat human flesh yeah, yet. So. Exactly, yeah. Count your lucky stars. Yes. <laughs> so on that note, I think that's a great way to end. <laughs> Happy 4th of July. Hope you all have fun and we're safe. And we will see you next time. In a couple weeks. In a couple weeks for a long format, which is to be determined. Yep. Uh, until then, hang out with us on social media. Instagram and Twitter. We love you guys. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Hey gang, Keller Paulson here. I know what you're thinking. What's going on? Who is this guy? Am I right? Well, I'm the host of Keller's Couch. Now, Keller's Couch is an interview podcast where I, Keller Paulson, interview people I find interesting that are doing cool things in the community. But it's not just that. My friends at Slapstick Improv and myself, we also do some improv comedy and sketch comedy every other episode. So, if this tickles your fancy, why don't you scoot on down and pop a squat on Keller's couch. Bye. Highline Media Network. Artist-owned podcasts by normal people in normal places.